the bone. Yeah. Let's talk, man. Let's do it, man. Yeah, bro. Shit. I don't know why, but my heart is racing. Mine isn't. Oh, I don't know I why. Feel, I feel freaking good. I feel really good. I had a crazy weekend slash week. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about it in a sense of bringing up the last podcast. Okay. In the shitter. You know, sick, sore throat, headache, muscle yeah. ache. Then uh took some meds, got some sleep. Got a tattoo. Yeah, you did. And uh I probably had some of the most spiritual experiences I've had. And I also got into PT school. Congratulations, man. Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. You yeah. were stressing about that quite a bit, weren't you? Yeah, bro. I think I, I, I think I said it. I think that's what was causing the stress. And now it's like. Yeah. It's just gone. Like a cloud. Just yeah. poofed. Like a dark cloud just mm. vanished. Yeah. What about you, bro? How was your week? It was an insane week. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like I've been doing a lot of growth lately. Okay. And there hasn't been, like, an exact routine that I follow. Yeah. Uh, I have started reading a book. Mm, oh, yeah. But a lot of my growth hasn't come from that specific book. Like, there's no really, like, a lot of books involved. There's no routines. There's no, like, goal setting. Yeah. I think a lot of my growth has been coming through just, like, great conversation with pretty incredible people. Yeah. And realizing that everybody is incredible, all you got to do is really listen hard. We're going to talk about connectedness today, bro. We are. And part of connectedness is uh, loving. Yeah. Say it again. Loving. Yeah, it is. So last podcast, we promised the audience that we would give them two poems. Uh, I only ran. I only read one of them, uh, and the the second one was to love, mm. and this is a poem that I wrote. They've been waiting to hear this. They have been waiting to hear this. So I'm gonna read it to everyone now. I wrote this poem. It's a la It's the last page of the book that I wrote. It's y is the book published? Yeah, it's on some website that I don't even know if it exists anymore. <laughs> right? I posted it my freshman year of college, uh, but I specifically wrote this poem on the last page of the poem um let's hear it and here it is let's do it so the title is called to love to love is to commit to love is to open yourself up to all of the vulnerabilities that may be associated with it to love is to see from more than one pair of eyes to love is to work without expecting a prize to love is to think about that one thing when you first wake up in the morning. So don't be too quick to love because it will not give you a warning. Wow. Yeah. Dive into that, bro. Dive into that. I I'll, wrote, I'll give my bit after. I kind of want to hear your perspective. I wrote this poem. Uh, I was still getting over a low stage in my life. I uh, suffered a life-altering injury. I developed Lyme arthritis in my throwing arm. I was a baseball player in high school. And uh, the dream was to play in college ever yeah. since I was a kid. Yeah, bro. Dream. And had the injury, dealt with some identity issues, 
and I looked at love as a way that you should be cautious in your appro- approach to it, right? And so the thing that sticks out to me the most in this poem are just the first and the last lines. The first line, I'll repeat it, is to love is to commit. And the last line is, so don't be too quick to love because it will not give you a warning. And I was hurt. I was really hurt because the injury did not give me a warning. Yeah. I, I had no warning that my life was about to change. It just happened. And I was forced to deal with it. I was yeah. forced to adapt in a way. And did I adapt? Yeah, of course I did. Um, but I didn't know that I was going through a major shift. And that major shift has allowed me to sit right here today. Yeah. And I kind of want to counter that because you say don't be quick to love. But what what is it that's making you not be quick to it? I think it was the fear. Fear. Yeah, that's what I was implying. And now with kind of this new mindset, I think if you detach yourself from fear, it allows you even more to to love without any boundaries because you're not fearful of anything. Because, you know, it is what it is. Mm. What's meant to happen will happen. So if you detach yourself from fear and you open yourself up to love, granted, you might hit some walls, but like you said, you're going to adapt. You're going to grow. But by detaching and opening up in the first place, this is where I wanted to dive into connectedness and like interpersonal relationships and just how much more of a fulfilling life you can have when you put that fear to the side and you open yourself up to this amazing world that we're in. I think what you said is important to understand on a cognitive level. However, when you say put fear to a side, I know a lot of our audience is going to be asking, like, how do we do that? Like, how do we actually just put fear aside? Is it that easy? It's acceptance. Ah, yeah. It's acceptance. So are you putting it to the side? Or are you simply accepting that it's next to you and not in you? Exactly. It's, there's things that are going to happen. Accept it. Live on. I say put it to the side. In my image, I'm putting it in my back pocket and I'm going to continue my day. It, that's in That's my way of looking at it anybody could look at it any way they want but at the end of the day i think it is acceptance acceptance and commitment we have to accept that it's there we have to accept that we're gonna feel sad we're gonna feel fear yeah it's gonna happen yeah acceptance acceptance acknowledges that these things still will exist they're still going to exist and we, by accepting it, acknowledge that it doesn't have any control over us anymore. That we can still coexist. We can coexist with fear. And by doing that, we actually are now appreciative and grateful that we're even able to feel fear. Yeah, but bro, this I think this goes with any emotion that we have. Fear, anxiety, joy... I mean, you could keep naming them. If we live together with it, 
we could feel it and be grateful for when we feel it. It's hard though. It's oh. really it's Bro. like hard to it's hard to tell someone, oh, like enjoy the fear that you're going through right Dude, now. Dude, you know? hope. It's hard. You're telling me it's hard. Hope. Hope is crushes people. Um Thank whatever's out there, the bigger person out there that I got into PT school. I'm grateful for it. But in the moment, hope ate me up. Ate you up, man. I'm hoping to get in. I'm hoping to get in. I'm hoping to get in. Huh. I stressed myself out to a point where I was sick. Anxious yeah. and feeling all these certain types of ways because I was holding on to a hope. Stress weakens the immune system. Yeah. Hope is attachment. So you're saying it's not easy. If no shit, it's not easy. I just went through it. I'm preaching all this and accept saying acceptance and blah, blah, blah. It was hard for me to do it myself, you know? But looking back on that experience, self-reflection, key term in this podcast. Wow. I am aware that I was attaching myself to hope, and I really just didn't have to worry about anything. What are you hoping for? By it's attaching yourself to hope puts it in perspective i think what you really mean is you're attaching yourself to a version of you that you wanted so bad yeah and that you were going to define yourself based off of whether or not you got accepted or not yeah i've told you from day one you're gonna get in anywhere that you apply to right now was i mean are you gonna get into everywhere i don't know but i knew you were going to get in at least one just because of the person you are and i think we often forget the person that we are because we don't reflect on what and who we really are yeah it's it's not easy to dive in and realize who you are and what you're capable of you know i mentioned all the time like imposter syndrome not thinking you're good enough you know like why me shit like that why not me why not me? Why not us? You know what I mean? That that, that was a saying back in high school. Why yeah. not us? Why not us? Yeah, especially it's big in sports, too. You know, I know in football, it had to have been crazy. Oh. Like, why can't we, you know, yeah. at, in any game, defeat the previous champion? If they did it, right. why can't we do it? Right. You know? But you're trying to be something else. You have an image of something that you want to be. Future. You're thinking of the future. Think about right now. Work with what you got. Focus on this present moment. And whatever comes our way is going to come our way. And we're going to react and respond how we react and respond. Whoa. You said two words there. Yeah. And they're different. They are different. We mentioned it. That shower. You're going to react first. But take a step back and then respond to it. So can you do that with fear? Can you yeah like you it, can do like it with fear like it's okay to react to fear, yes. But when you respond to fear, you what have that, what does that look like? You have physiological responses to fear. I'm 100%. walking. I'm walking into an interview. I have a dry mouth. I am sweating. I am reacting to fear. But it's I also anxiety too. Anx of anxiety, course. stress, yeah, fear, yeah. All of oh, it. they're multidimensional, yeah. intercorrelated. But I respond by taking a step back collecting my thoughts, rolling out my neck, taking a deep breath, and I perform. You know how to do that, though. Yeah. So what can you tell someone who doesn't know how to do that? Can, is it as simple as, 
is it as simple as, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> I love saying the name Jimmy. Jimmy. Like, hey, Jimmy, just roll out your neck, bro. You're going to be okay. Is it as simple as that? Or I mean, does it take deeper? Is it deeper than that? I mean, I'll tell you what. I took one sports psych class. I studied sports psych for a little bit. Privilege, though. Privilege. Whoever's watching this podcast could take the same notes I was taking. Take the same mental notes. From this podcast. From this podcast. Right. Because I'm just, I'm preaching what I've learned. Right. There are going to be times when you are fearful. fearful. There's going to be times when you have anxiety. When you're stressed. It's okay. Everything will be okay. Take a step back. Focus on your breathing. Ground yourself. You are here. You are here for a reason. And then perceive that anxiety as good anxiety and tell yourself, yeah, I'm stressed because I want to perform. Let it light a fire under you. Distress versus you stress. Yeah, bro. I also want to touch on something you just said because I think this is going to really spark our conversation for tonight. 100%. You said take a step back, right? And we hear that all the time. We hear take a step back, take a step back. It's okay. Take a step back, right? I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to challenge that saying. And I'm going to say, instead of taking a step back, why don't you just stop where you are first? Like, yeah, bro. Like, like I'm on a walk the other day, right, with a friend of mine, and they're opening up. They're getting vulnerable. They're telling me life stories. They're being, they're opening up about their personal experiences, their relationships. And I can tell that they are getting aroused emotionally. Yeah. And their EE is ee is emotional expression in psychology terms right their ee is displaying right and um in the moment i thought of nothing but to just stop and when we just stopped when we just stopped we didn't have to take a step back we didn't have to take a step all we had to do was stop where we were when we stopped where we were we allowed ourselves to exist exactly where we were. And I think instead of trying to take a step back while you're already moving forward, how is that possible? How do you take a step back as you're already moving forward? You got to stop first. You have to stop first. Basic physics. Right. You got to decelerate. You have to decelerate, yeah. Oh, man. We could go into a whole thing about that. Yeah, we can. But we're not going to. But what I'm saying is let's just stop first, right? Like if, for example, we're playing baseball, right? We're on the mound. And we're facing the four-hole hitter. And for those who are unfamiliar with baseball, I just want to say that, like, the four-hole hitter is one of the best hitters in the lineup. Most powerful. He's hitting nukes. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He is, you know, he he puts the barrel on the baseball. Yeah, he does. Right? So you're pitching. Or she. Or she. Great point, by the way. Yeah, or she. Um, But you're... I'm just going to talk about professional baseball from here, so I'm going to yeah, yeah, just yeah, say yeah, the word course. he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, so I'm going to use he. But you're on the pitching mound, and you're staring down this guy, and you know that all of a sudden you start to feel stressed. Like, you can feel it in your body. Your, your fingertips get wet from the sweat, right? You look like a Roldis Chapman out there. You're sweating from the brim of your cap, right? And sometimes that sweat can be internal. Like, your heart is racing. Your heart is sweating. That butterfly. Right, that butterfly Yeah, that feeling, butterfly feeling. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's perceived as distress and you start to feel some sort of anxiety, 
or you start to shake your hand a little bit, right? All of these things are affecting performance. And instead of trying to st take a step back or step off the mound, let's just not even get on the rubber yet. Mm. Like, let's just not even get there. Yeah. Like, let's just let's just stop for a minute. Let's literally look at our center fielder or look at our right fielder, right? Look at the baseball. Look at the baseball. Look at the rubber itself. Look at your glove, right? Take off your hat. Literally stop what you're doing. Get totally present. And before you step on the rubber, stop. Realize you have a, you, you, you get to do this. Like you, you get to have this opportunity right now. Now, whether you take advantage or not of the opportunity is a lot in your control, but also not in your control at the same time. You can't control the batter and what he does. But in this moment, if we just stopped, instead of telling ourselves, whoa, let's take a step back, if we can just stop where we are, literally just stop, I think that could change a lot of lives. And not just baseball. I think that could go for anything. Before taking a step back, why don't you stop first? Yeah. Why don't you open your eyes? I was thinking that in a sense of like this goes so much more in depth of like just everyday living, relationships, college, any professional career you have. Like if you're feeling this sense of overwhelmingness or anxiety or any any sort of emotion, it's okay to just stop. But again, a lot easier said than done in my experience i feel it coming i feel the thoughts racing mm -hmm. i feel the perspiration i feel that that quick heartbeat like a like a shaky mouth i don't know how to explain it mm. like i want to talk but my mouth shakes i see like you're grinding your teeth no i don't know actually the words won't come out i, I don't uh. know how to explain it like my chest is shaking I, I have no idea it's just yeah you're literally trying to warm your body up yeah and it's like, it doesn't have to be a sport, bro. Or it doesn't even have to be when you're... It could be taking a test. Anxious. If, yeah, of course. It could be yeah. taking a test. 100%. But like, it doesn't have to be when you're anxious either. If you're in a fight, if you're mad, stop. Where are you? Who are you? Why are you reacting and responding this way? Marriage, dude? I just thought about marriage. Yeah, 100%. Relationships. 100%. You're yelling at your partner... For some reason, how powerful would it be if both of you, not just one of you, but both of you just stopped, did like a 360, literally 360, looked around, and I, I'm already smiling. Like, it, I'm already, it already makes me happy to think that this could be something where you can just incorporate in your everyday life, no matter where you are, yeah, bro. and not have to worry about what they think because you know that by stopping, you're allowing yourself the time to get back, to get back yourself. We, we forget who we are. Yeah. But think about it in a, in a general big picture. What is stopping? Your what do, what does stopping first. allow you to do? Stopping allows you to pause and see and there's a difference between look yeah and see were you, about to say, were you about to say that well i was going towards it allows you to stay present by stopping and oh, pausing right 
it allows an individual to be present. Right. I think every episode we're going to come back to the present moment. Hundred percent, because like I think that's every, I think that's episode. what the bone is, is just mindfulness and the ability of being present. The bone is all about a lifestyle yeah. that understands that your beginning is right now, and if right now continues and continues, there's literally going to be no end because everything is going to be the beginning. If everything is the beginning, like right now, today is a new beginning. This second, pause. Oh, wait, now, this second, whoa, two seconds just passed by, but they're both the beginning. You still have an opportunity. It's a new moment. A new moment. I said this quote the other day. I don't know if I coined this quote. I I don't know. Uh, But I was literally on my run. Oh, this this is a good one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was on my run. This I told you earlier. Um, But I, I think the audience would really like this one. I was on my run, and I think a lot when I run. I think a lot. And I was on my run, and I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. Every today turned into yesterday, and every tomorrow turned into today. I'll say it one more time. Every today turned into yesterday, and every tomorrow turned into today. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you said tomorrow, it has led you to this moment right now. Every single time. Tomorrow's today. Right. And and tomorrow is going to be yesterday. Right. <laughs> like, right. And today is going to be yesterday. Yeah. Too. You know, like every day is going to be a yesterday or tomorrow. But instead of saying yesterday or tomorrow or later or what was or what is, why don't we just... I'm sorry, what will be? Why don't we just focus on what is? Why don't we just focus on the one word that remains constant through that entire quote, which was today. Today. It's a powerful thing. It's powerful. (sighs) We forget how personal it is. I had a... I was mentoring someone today my job I'm a student success mentor on campus and we were talking about time management and uh, have we mentioned a mo- yeah we mentioned moment management we did mention that yeah. in our first episode um, so I won't go on that but I told it to him and as we were talking about time management he was like well I don't have to st- I don't have to schedule my lunch I don't have to schedule when I'm gonna take a nap I don't have to schedule you know like when I'm going to be hanging out with my friends, why do I have to schedule that? It's not important. And I looked at him dead in the face. <laughs> like I literally stared into this man's soul <laughs> for a hot second. <laughs> and I said, you're wrong. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I, li- I literally Straight said, up. you're wrong. Everything in your life is important. From the time you're sleeping to the time that you're hanging out with friends to the time that you're eating to the time that you're literally tying your shoes, right? Now, do we have to schedule tying our shoes? Probably not. takes two seconds. But if we are hanging out with our friends from 5 to 7 p.m., that's important. And it's important not just to schedule that. I mean, you know, it granted, how, how busy are you, right? But it's important to schedule that in the grand scheme of things because... One, you can see it in front of you and you can plan out the rest of your day accordingly. But two, when you schedule something, I don't know about you, but like when it's official, like on my calendar, I get so focused. 
like when I'm when the activity actually comes, I'm so focused on that activity because I know that that activity is eventually going to end. Right. And you're also holding yourself accountable. I'm holding myself accountable. Right. And then I realized also everything from the way this pen feels in my hand right now to the way we shake hands, like the way you feel things, the way you smell things and hear things and see things and taste things. The way you sense, like your sixth sense, things. Those are important, man. Everything is personal. Everything is personal. And when we realize how personal it really is, we'll stop telling ourselves that it doesn't matter. That we'll do it later. Because we realize how personal it really is to us. Life in general is personal. And this stems back to that deep gratefulness. Just a deep appreciation for everything in front of us. Like, you woke up and you want to put all of your energy into your day. So by scheduling what is when, okay, from this hour to this hour, I'm going to put all of my attention and energy into doing this. This hour to this hour, All of my energy is going into this. And you're living the fullest day you could. Because once you let your mind scatter, and you're doing one thing now, one thing now, one thing now, one thing, you're not really getting anything done. You know, you can't walk and talk at the same time, or chew whatever they say, you can't chew gum and whatever. Focus on what is right in front of you. And I think the time management aspect of it allows you to do that. Because if I have a paper I'm working on, and I know I have five other of the other things I need to work on. My mind is going to go there. But if I have it planned out, I know those five other things I'm going to work on in this hour and in that hour and in that hour. So it allows you to be personal. It allows you to give the time and energy you need to to certain things that are put in front of you. I was in Block Island earlier in September. And... In Block Island, if you anybody has ever been, there are these bluffs with a big, massive staircase that lead down to the beach. And there's a spot where you can just overhang your arms. And um, a sightseeing spot, really, almost. And I met this woman named Michelle. Michelle? Michelle. Michelle helped me realize how personal it really was. And what she did was this. I went up to her, and I started conversation, of course, because, I, I mean, if anybody knows me, they know I talk to literally every soul on this planet, even trees and flowers and animals, but we'll not talk about that for now. Um, so I walk up to Michelle, and I'm like, hi, my name is Zach. You look very peaceful. It's the first thing I say to her, literally, hi, my name is Zach. You look very peaceful. And she was like, oh, my gosh, hi, my name is Michelle. Is this your first time here? And I said, yeah, how, how do you know? And she was like, well, you have a Block Island sweatshirt on. <laughs> and nobody really wears those around here. Um, you know, you look like a tourist. And, um, and uh, I, I asked her, I was like, do you come out here often? And she was like, yeah, I come out here every day. Every, even if it's raining, I come out here. It's snowing every time I come out here. I, f- I shovel my way down. It's out here. 
And I was like, why? Like, even even in, like, inclement weather? And she was like, of course, especially in inclement weather. And I was like, I'm so curious to understand. And she was like, wow, you're, you're like Curious George over here, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, uh, childhood reference. But uh, I, I was like, what's your secret, Michelle? What is your secret? And she looked at me dead in the eyes and said, the world is yours when you choose to see it that way. Oh. She said, the world is yours when you choose to see it that way. And I broke down those words and I said, Michelle, you you chose to say the word see. Like, there's a difference. And she was like, oh, like, you mean that whole see versus look thing? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I totally get it. And I, I said it on purpose. I said it intentionally. And what she taught me in that moment is when she's out there alone, when she's soaking it in, the waves, the frozen sand, if it's winter, or the bluffs, or say it's a beautiful summer day, the sun, she's the only one there. And what I mean by that is there can be other people around her, but she feels like she's the only one. And when you can feel like you're the only one and get so, so deep with your immediate senses, you realize how personal and how much you deeply love when the waves crash, when you smell the salt, when you can feel the sun glimmer on your skin. When we pay attention to this, when we pay attention to this, everything else goes away. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. It's like meditating, to be honest. It is a form of meditation. Yeah. What was that? What was the first line of your poem today? To love is to commit. To love is to commit. And I feel like meditation, in a way, is committing yourself to a practice Mm. where you just focus on one thing and one thing only, and you get super present with what you're feeling and what's around you. And it's not as if you're trying to clear your mind, but it naturally clears itself, you know, when you're not looking for it. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. wow. That's big. What you just said was big. Yeah, and I think... By committing, by loving, you're really seeing the true beauty of what's around you and the beauty of a certain peace within yourself. Like when I'm, yeah, yo, yesterday we were meditating on the quad, laying down. People are around me, I hear them. I don't focus my attention on it. I'm intentional on my breathing and on the tree I'm looking at. And everything else is gone. I don't, nothing's around me. Yeah. And then I'm focusing on my breathing and this and that and third eye and whatever, whatever you, whatever is your form of meditation. The third eye. And you just see a certain beauty in this tree that you're looking at. Or for me, in my instance, I was telling Pete about it today. Like the, just the beauty of fall, like yellow and oh, red and colors. Just everything around us is beautiful. 
Yeah. What was that? I wrote I wrote something. I wrote something that compared the seasons to life. Oh shit. Okay. Do you remember it off the top of your head? No, I can pull it up though. Yeah. Where is it? it? It's in my phone. It's in my notes app. Okay. It's in it's in my notes app. How long is that gonna take you? I don't know, like a minute. I don't know what happened with that light. For everybody not looking at the visuals, one of our lights went out. That's okay. It happens. I'm curious though. That's fine. Don't worry. But I think like um when we can notice like the beauty in the seasons, everything just like like slips apart. In what sense? What in do you mean? Sen- in a sense that like everything that you thought mattered doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, bro. Bro, that's the piece I'm telling you about. Yeah. That is the piece I'm yeah. telling you about. Okay, so it's a it's a little lengthy, but I'm going to read it anyways. The analogy of life is right in front of us if we are willing to look hard enough. We can conceptualize endless time if we simply look at seasons. Spring is like rebirth. All of the trees are alive, filled with energy, and flowers bloom with beautiful color. Summer is like our 20s. It's hot. (laughs) It's sweaty. It's sticky and sometimes stormy. It's electric and ever so desired. The cool cars start coming out and the clothes start coming off. Hey, yo. Fall is like middle age. The leaves start to turn color, just like hair on a human being starts to turn gray. Tree tree branches get brittle. Bones get porous and less dense. Winter is death. Winter is emptiness, loneliness, hopelessness. All that is left is the trunk of a skeleton of the tree. But is it? It's also bright white. This can also be referred to as heaven. White, snowy, divine, and peaceful in the morning when it's not tampered with. Every season is looked at through human lens and judged by what it is not, without appreciation of what it is. The life of a tree lasts one year in New York. Humans are capable of living after one year to realize that the same tree will soon blossom in the spring. Starting the whole cycle all over again. Some trees live on for hundreds of years, yet we have the audacity to fear death. To fear our fall season, soon followed by the death of winter. Why are we so fearful? When we have a perfect example right in front of us that life is everlasting. Life is endless. Life is expanding. The bone. (laughs) Life is everywhere. Life is in everything. Energy is within everything. I've come to the conclusion that life is far beyond what we can see, hear, feel, taste, and smell. Life is far beyond the limits of our own imagination. Life is not comprehensive. And the effort and attempt to place our power in the hands of, quote, God and believe in, quote, unquote, coincidences is such bullshit. Life is energy. Energy is life. The second we learn how to harness energy for good in the world, for power, for happiness, will be the second we break away 
and everything we have been conditioned to believe. We'll be the second we stop fearing death, and we'll be the second we can start experiencing the reality of life in human form. Because humans, humans are pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. Whatever that was was awesome. Is that a poem? What do you consider that? I don't know. Dude. That was I sick. Just, I just wrote it. I was outside one night. You're such a good writer. I could so? never. I could never. That was insane. What the hell? Like, yeah. you actually typed that. Oh, yeah, dude. That was in um, early September, like September 2nd. Right oh after my, my spiritual awakening. Right after my spiritual oh, was awakening. It? Okay. it was right after my spiritual awakening. That's pretty yeah. intense. That that reminds me of Marcus Aurelius in a way. Oh, man. Because I it was it. like, he was mentioning, or the book was mentioning, that if um if you fear death, something that is so natural... Then you're a child. Oh. You know, yeah. you're you're fearing the natural chain of life. The like you're fearing, you're fearing nature, life, basically. Yeah, ba- like basically. If you're fearing death, you're fearing life. And if you look at that tree, that tree isn't fearful of it. It it dies, reborn, reborn, dies, reborn, mm-hmm. dies, reborn. It's something so simple. So why why are people fearful of it? And it's so beautiful. And too. it's so yeah, exactly. And we love fall. And they he literally said, like, you're have the mentality of a child if you do that. Which I we took a step back when I was reading that. Or I took a step back. I don't yeah, know who I was with. For a second and I was like, like damn, what? like I felt insulted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bro. I mean, I don't feel death anymore. Me either. Me either. I mean, that's why I got this. Oh, one of the reasons. The Raven. The tattoo. Yeah. It's inevitable. Gonna happen. For those who are just listening, Chesco got a tattoo of a massive it's pretty big. Uh, yeah. A massive hourglass with a crow on the bottom half of the hourglass. Yeah. Raven. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Raven. I said crow. My fault. It's it's a raven with a rose in the mouth. And I think that that symbolizes what it means to let go. Yeah, man. To let go of death. Accept. Accept it that it's already happening. Yeah. It's already happening. You know, you know, life is life is so risky that you don't make it out alive. I heard <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Probably not. It wasn't supposed to be. But I heard this the other day on YouTube. Uh, this guy was talking about how risky life is and how like the risk of choices. Like, we often forget that life is so risky, we don't make it out alive. Yeah, think about the risk of not doing that thing. We could think about the risk of investing, think about the risk of working out, think about the risk of hurting ourselves, doing this, whatever. Think about the risk of asking that girl out or asking that guy out, right? But think about the risk of not. They're going to die anyway. Yeah. Like, think about the alternative. You'll always never know. Yeah, bro. Why live with that regret? I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to either. What time is it? About nine thirty six. Time has come, man. Yeah. It's okay. It is okay. It's all right. I think um, <laughs> we're leading a we're leading an unstructured an unstructured lifestyle, and it's one of the most blissful things ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can dive into that next time. Yeah, I do want to dive into that next time and kind of 
precautions that do need to be taken. Yeah. Like extremists and, you know, steps that should be taken. Yeah. So you don't cross a line. Right. That I have to pull you back from sometimes. Sometimes. Zach. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. I take risks. The bone. Yeah. We talked. Yeah, we did. You just got a taste of the bone. (laughs) 